Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535. And the Rolling Stones, the Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be uh, mostly cloudy today. Could see a chance of a shower. The high of 57 tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 66. It's 24 right now in downtown Springfield. Listen, I don't know if Scott Cohen's going to be on the show today. I, 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 as far as I know, he's still in Europe. Yeah, well, he uh, he is going to be on. He is going to call. Who's paying for the call? I have no idea. We better not be paying for that call. I don't really care. Uh, so he's uh, he said he would call this morning. I don't even know if he knows what time is the right time here. If he reverses the charges, I'm going to say no. I don't accept those charges. No way I'm going to pony uh, up that kind of ex- expense on my back. You remember years ago we had somebody who left something hooked up and it cost us like $5,000 for the phone call? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's not going to happen today. Also, there's some big problems in East Hampton. Big problems. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's being a little microaggressive up there. we got to calm that down. We'll get to that and other stuff, too. It's Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Let's go. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy today. Could see a chance of a shower with a high of 57 tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 66. It's 24 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Did you get fooled by any April Fool's jokes over the weekend? Not one. I I didn't either. Mostly because it's on a Saturday. When you have a Saturday, you really don't run into a lot of people where you're going to be worried about somebody doing a prank on you. Not to me. I mean, I know we're not supposed to have uh, any... April Fool's joke in the radio, but I had this whole elaborate thing set up, and then I realized, oh, wait, ah, Saturday. I I, yeah, I I'm can't. not coming in on a Saturday. Uh, on SNL over the weekend, uh, Michael Shea secretly told the audience to not laugh at his weekend uh, update co-host Colin Jost's jokes. That's okay. They weren't going to do that anyway. Yeah, I know. That's uh, not really a joke. It's kind of, uh, just do what you normally do while you're watching the show. <laughs> Don't, uh, don't pretend to amuse him like you have to laugh. Heidi Klum faked a pregnancy with the help of her America's Got Talent co-star Sofia Vergara and uh, Howie Mandel. Yeah. She looked like she's, you know, nine months pregnant. Rick Astley announced that he was indeed going to give us and music up in order to devote the next 10 years of his life to kittens. Dude, he's never going to let you up. I know, but it was really funny because he, he posted this picture on Twitter with all these, like, surprised cats around him. You know, I'm starting to really have great respect for that guy. He realizes he's a one-and-a-half-hit wonder. Yeah. And he embraces it. Of course he embraces it. Yeah, it's the only way to keep himself relevant. He knows that he's this meme and he's this joke that gets played on people. And yet, is the song really a joke or is it just a classic? Uh, it's just a classic. Right. Yeah. The uh, P- 
Pittsburgh uh, Steelers drafted a new wide receiver. They'll be paying him in gin and juice. They said they had Snoop that they uh, <laughs> that they got. I don't know. These April Fools jokes yeah, are know. just like it's kind of like old hat. We've we've been through enough stress now in the last few years that we don't need anybody playing pranks on us. Yeah, what are you gonna do? after COVID? You know, nothing shocks us anymore. No. Speaking of Snoop Dogg, he co-hosted WrestleMania 39 with The Miz and even got in on the action last night. He uh, he knocked The Miz out with a right hand, then delivered the people's elbow, which was The Rock's classic move. Sure. I uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it The Miz right. I don't watch WrestleMania. I don't know what WrestleMania is about. I even if wrestling you- fans called in to correct you, Steve. Yeah. You would be consumed with a whole lot of apathy Based upon being wrong. Yeah, probably. What are you going to say? Oh, I'm so sorry for hurting your little feelings. Uh, Pete Davidson doesn't think his love life is anything crazy or interesting. He said he's just been in show business half of his life, and in 12 years, he's only dated around 10 people. Yeah, but the quality of those 10 people is much higher than he deserves. Uh, Who's to say that? Hmm... I don't know. I mean, it's like uh, if you looked at him and you looked at them and he wasn't famous, you said that guy would have well, no chance, maybe, no chance at, at them at all. Maybe he's got something uh, more to offer than just uh, That's That's the looks. rumor. That's yeah. the rumor. But I think if he were just another guy off the street, he'd never get a blink. I think you're just jealous. Yes. Yeah. In a way. In a way. Kevin Costner is expected to return to Yellowstone, but that won't affect the spinoff with Matthew McConaughey, which is moving forward either way. Nobody wants a Matthew McConaughey spinoff of Yellowstone. All right, all right, all right. Let's get these doggies home, huh? People like that show, though. Uh, A list of, uh, or I'm sorry, The Cure has canceled 7,000 scalped tickets from their upcoming tour. They plan to resell them and donate the original fees to Amnesty International. There's a lot of stuff going on with ticketing these days. Yeah. Not just the cure. Although I, I got to give them credit for saying, you're not going to get away with that with us. No, they're not. They're- At all. But they, uh, but Ticketmaster is trying to play cute with a whole bunch of new tiers of ticketing, which uh, yeah, quite frankly is it, stupid. It's like you're buying an airplane ticket. Sort of. Kind of yeah. like that. There's different tiers that you can't possibly understand what they mean. Uh, during, uh, during Taylor Swift show in Arlington, Texas on Saturday night, Taylor walked to the edge of the stage, took the hat off her head, and handed it to a nine-year-old fan who just happened to be Selena Gomez's sister, Gracie. Come on! Yes, because that's the only person that could afford the front row seat at a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> it's the sister of S- someone who's rich. Selena Gomez's sister. It's like, what are you surprised about? Oh, wow, you gave your hat to another rich kid. <laughs> wow. I mean, you'd never see, like, Steve Nagel's sister in the front row. No, no, no. Or, never. or my no. sister in the front row. Yeah, it's, and nobody, yeah, and they wouldn't get the hat if they were. No, hell no. They'd get walked right by and say, oh, we're giving the hat to somebody else's famous sister or brother. Uh, Jelly Roll broke out big at last night's CMT Music Awards. Really? Yeah. I had a feeling. You didn't watch the CMT Awards? Steve, I did everything (laughs) I could not to watch that. 
uh, Son of a Sinner won Male Video of the Year, Breakthrough Male Video of the Year, and CMT Digital First Performance of the Year. I don't know who Jelly Roll is. I, I don't I don't know, and, and I'm probably not going to go out of my way to find out. Uh, Reba McIntyre is disappointed by the new law in Tennessee that bans drag shows in public spaces. She wishes they would spend that much time, energy, and money on feeding the homeless children. These are all the things that came from the CMT Awards last night. <laughs> Keith Urban. <laughs> Didn't I just say to you last week, Bax, we don't do enough stories about Keith Urban. I thought the conversation was, I think we've had enough of Keith Ur- Urban. He triggered a social media debate last month about standing at concerts. He posted a photo praising a sign at a venue in Las <laughs> Vegas that said, guests are encouraged to stand during the performance, and that rubs some of the old salt... Uh, <clears throat> rub some salt into the old standers versus sitters debate. You know, I was. They had that at Fenway Park. You can stand there and watch the game if you pay for that particular section. Really? Yeah. It's a standing room only tickets. Oh, okay. So they don't have it. They don't really have a seat. No, there is no seat. Well, but, and standing's fine. But if you're going to stand in front of me for their entire game, oh, yeah. we're going to have some conversations. Yeah, these people are behind the viewing area. You know, the, you know, you, they're up at yeah. the way top. But yeah, yeah. But, but but I don't need you to be my seat obstruction. Right. Uh, and Kim uh, Drake uh, shared a preview of his new song, and it samples Kim Kardashian's voice. No kidding. Yeah. She must have had something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I had a sample of anything was when Ray J gave me a serving of 23 chromosome pudding in that <laughs> sex tape you could purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. <laughs> Caitlin? Whatever we got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once gave her a gene pool cocktail. Uh, Tasmanian tonsil tickler. What are, you, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I served her up a fresh Boston cream blownut in that sex <laughs> tape you could purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. She's in it, too. Do those come in a dozen? Oh, they, <laughs> a baker's be? dozen. There's 13. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Home Pro Handyman and Gutter Services is a proud spottery. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, with Scott's four-step, four easy steps to an awesome lawn. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, you know me. I'm hardly the kind of guy that incites or provokes fan violence of any kind. I'm a peace-loving, law-abiding citizen. I respect things like the police and personal property. However, I know that in times of championship situations, there can sometimes be an element of mob-driven insanity that emerges. And when that happens, I hope that you understand that I am not your leader here. I am merely an observer of the human condition. Tonight, the Yukon Huskies will face the Aztecs of San Diego State for the national title in the men's NCAA college basketball tournament. Now, back in 1977, when the legendary Al McGuire led my Marquette Warriors to the national title over the uh, North Carolina Tar Heels, 67-59, people did simple things like knock over phone booths or vandalize their local photomat location. You youngsters today wouldn't know anything about that because those kinds of easy targets no longer exist. So what's a UConn student supposed to do tonight after the game is over? Well, the last time UConn uh, was in this sort of position was back in 2014, back when some of your college freshmen were just nine years old. Today's college-age millennial has no idea how to express themselves in the real world, never mind how to celebrate a national championship. My question is, win or lose, will today's UConn students know enough 
to peel themselves away from the TikToks long enough to even wage a decent round of fan violence? Or are they going to sit there and post their Instagram selfies while they wait for their DoorDash orders to arrive? These are the kinds of intangibles that cause me to wonder whether the kids today have any clue how to waste their parents' hard-earned money the right way. Because I'm pretty sure you don't remortgage your house so that your kid can sit around his college dorm room and not set things on fire. That's simply not what college is all about. And that is not, and that is the sort of indifference that college basketball doesn't deserve. Having said that, I'm picking UConn for the win. But I'm also taking the under on how many arrests we made by campus police because daddy's got a hunch about where this one's going to go. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. I wouldn't know the difference between a drip leg and a float ball, but John in the plumbing department at the Liberty Street Rockies, that guy does. See John for all things plumbing. Good people, rock solid service at Rocky's Ace Hardware, and they're always looking for more. Apply now at Rockies.com. I'm Bax. That's my view from the couch. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be uh, cloudy today. Chance of a shower. High of 57. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 24 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Cohen will join us after 7 o'clock. I've gotten confirmation from him through email. And uh, we'll see how well uh, you know, the time uh, you know, the time signatures uh, are different. Uh, this time, time zones. That's what I'm looking for. I have a feeling uh, if it doesn't go well, I'll be okay with that. <laughs> or am I just being microaggressive? You're being a little microaggressive. Yeah, actually, you're kind of being macroaggressive. So yesterday, I'm uh, I'm doing a little show prep here, and a friend of mine reaches out and says, uh, "Hey, do you see this thing about this East Hampton uh, school committee thing?" And I said, "Well, I saw some kind of headline about it, but I really didn't dive into the story." And then I start reading the story, and uh, I'm just going to read it to you right now. Okay. The East Hampton School Committee abruptly rescinded its job offer to a superintendent candidate in an executive session Thursday night, reportedly in response to a perceived, quote, microaggression, unquote, in an email he sent to the committee's chair. Vito Perone, the current interim superintendent of West Springfield Public Schools, told the Daily Hampshire Gazette that the committee rescinded its offer after he addressed an email to committee chair Cynthia Kwasinski and, and executive assistant Suzanne Colby as, quote, ladies in the beginning of an email. I was shocked, Perone told the Gazette. I grew up in a time when ladies and gentlemen was a sign of respect. I didn't intend to insult anyone. The East Hampton School Committee voted to extend the job offer to Perone, who uh, previously served as the principal of East Hampton High School from 2009 to 2015, at its March 24th meeting. Supporters of Perone have planned a rally to protest the school committee's decision to rescind the offer for 6 p.m. tonight in front of East Hampton's Municipal Building at 50 Payson Avenue. As of Sunday afternoon, more than 200 people had responded that they were intending or attending and or interested in attending the Facebook event. The school committee will hold a special meeting at 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday, during which the committee members will discuss the search for a new superintendent and potentially vote on the candidate, according to the agenda posted on the town website. Perone was appointed to principal of West Springfield High School, after leaving East Hampton Public Schools, he was, you know, they go on to say what what he's done. Yeah. So what happened was, <laughs> yes. So this guy, he gets he gets past the first round of, you know, the, we're going to choose you as the candidate for this superintendent job. Right. So they basically have accept he has accepted yeah. the offer. Yes. Now I've spoken with with Mr. Perone, or is it Peroni? I don't know the dude applying for the job. Veto. That, that's not a microaggressive, is it? No, no I don't believe the to dude, call him a dude. The dude. Yeah. It's a little aggressive. Well, on whose part? 
But anyway, well, I mean, either, you're, that's a big assumption. Either way, he gets the job, and then the process of negotiating starts, where he writes an email so stating, you know, hey, I'd like to see this happen. And it's like sick days and, and, and things like that that you would normally negotiate with somebody once you've accepted a job offer. Okay. In that email, he wrote to the chair, uh, what's her name, uh, Kwasinski? Uh, Kwasinski Cynthia and, Kwasinski and Colby. And then, and then Colby. Uh, as ladies. He wrote, as in, hello, ladies. Well, he didn't say hello, ladies. He just wrote ladies. Maybe that's where he went wrong. If you just said, if you gotta say hello. Well, the least you can do is, is say, say hello. hello. So, he writes, and and according to him, and, and I believe this man is genuine. I, I talked to him for probably a good five or six minutes yesterday, just kind of getting, getting what the story was about. Sure. And he said, you know, I, I was trying to be, to come across as a little bit more relaxed now that we've, you know, kind of come past this, this initial hiring process. Right. Uh, we can all work together. And, you know, ladies was a term that he said was something that was used when he was growing up. And, and who hasn't used that? Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, it, that's like the beginning of every opening show or anything. You know what I mean? Like it's you, really, just, you really say, ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between. Yeah. You really, to me, that would be yeah. more microaggressive. So he tells me this story about how he went to this meeting last Thursday on a Zoom. It's a, everything is done by Zoom, which is you know, I guess they're still afraid of COVID inside town hall up in yeah, Tampa. I know why. But all these meetings are on Zoom, and he said he was at this We the People event, which is another community you know service event thing, and uh, he was. On a conference, he was on this the Zoom meeting, which they had told him, "You're going to have to take a break. We're going to have to discuss something, and then we'll cut. Co- we'll come back, and we'll let you know when to join the Zoom meeting back again." So okay. they're now in executive session. Well, 45 minutes goes by. He finally gets the call to come back on. Now, meanwhile, he's sitting up in East Hampton High School in a conference room doing this because he's at this other We the People event. Because he's also trying to meet the new people that he's going to be working with. Sure. You know, they tell him, the, the this chair, the Cynthia Kwasinski, tells him, yeah, we've rescinded the offer because you did this, you wrote this thing, ladies, in the email, and that's microaggressive, and <laughs> that's the end of the job. And this guy was like, he's like, he could have like he pounded me right in the chest. Like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And as he even tried to apologize it was almost like well the, the apology doesn't mean anything you know that kind of thing. so uh by the way this this story is already uh, spread out to yeah, it's uh, already on the new york, new post, york post the new york everything. daily news right as as i'm you would think that there had to be some other reason they would rescind this offer yeah, yeah. but yet they already offered him the job and this is all and they're saying this is only based on the salutation the opening salutation yes. of an email. And so then to even add to that further, the mayor was the one, Mayor LaChapelle, who she changed her vote to vote him out. And okay. she claimed as an attorney, you know, with all her knowledge, he should have known that that was microaggressive and, you know, that's the end of the, that's the, you know, he should have been smarter to, to figure that out. Well, <laughs> listen. <laughs> 
Now, you want to role play for a second? Yeah, sure. All right, you be Doc Brown, and I'll be Marty, and we'll get in our DeLorean. Okay. Get it up to 88 miles an hour and go all the way back to April 13th of 2022. Okay. Here's a story from The Reminder. East Hampton Mayor Nicole LaChapelle has apologized after making a racially insensitive remark to members of the East Hampton High School award-winning We the People team a couple of weeks ago. The very same thing he did. He was at. Okay. On April 13th, a day after the school committee called for an investigation into the incident, LaChapelle issued a statement admitting that she made a mistake. The apology comes after Sean Sheehan, a science teacher at the high school, sent an email to the school committee requesting that they investigate what occurred. Sheehan said uh, that he was not present when the alleged incident happened, but he relayed the information regarding the issue to the committee after students came into his class upset about what LaChapelle had allegedly said. Embedded within the email was a social media post written by a parent who claimed their child was a target of an alleged racially insensitive remark. The parent, who was identified in a post as Jamar Dolkar Sherpa, claimed that LaChapelle made a racist remark to her 17-year-old daughter uh, in front of the class. Nicole, uh, Mayor Nicole told the student, you are different. You don't talk like a white person. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember this now. Uh, and, yeah. uh, According to the social media post in Sheen's email, LaChapelle also allegedly used the F-bomb in front of the class. The parents said that LaChapelle was invited to participate in a feedback session in the We the People class as the students were preparing for their upcoming national debate in D.C. According to the parent, the HS principal and the We the People class teacher were both extremely ex- ex- supportive when the parent reached out for the incident. Well, she issues this apology saying, I'm sorry, and, you know, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to offend the student, but I honestly did. I take ownership of that mistake, and as now I pledge to do better, most importantly, I want to commend the student for being brave enough to raise the issue with me in such a thoughtful, mature way. Hey, let me ask you a question. Yeah. As a lawyer, shouldn't she know that that would have been an act of microaggression? That's exactly how I felt about that. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm no attorney, but it seems to me that... uh, uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. No, it's not. What's good for the goose is definitely not good for the gander. I don't even know which one. I don't know I whether the goose the, or the gander. Well, who's stealing the goose? <laughs> They're all stealing the goose. It's a, it's just so ironic that you would come out and say you should have known that to somebody when yeah. you yourself didn't get you didn't lose your job. Nobody called for a recall for your votes or anything like that. What's her deal? This is one of those incidents of selective outrage. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's it's okay for the mayor to apologize for something stupid she said. Yeah. But here's a guy whose all, only mistake was he offended someone in how they were greeted in an email. That's different. Yeah. That's different than a racial, yeah. racially charged statement and, to a student. And would you have not used that moment to say at least, hey, look. I know that you might have had different intentions when writing this email, but this is not how this works around here. Yeah. Like, uh, you know what? If that's going to be your little Gestapo kind of rules up there, then at least say that to him. For all the things that would normally rescind a job offer, like, say, I don't know, an, a, an arrest on a felony or, uh, I don't know, some sort of uh, like public... Uh, you know, public scandal yeah. where you might want to say, okay, maybe we're going to change our mind on hiring you. This is an email that was literally seen by how many people? Uh, two. Two? <laughs> well, then it was shown to probably everybody. Probably, to- right. It was probably shown to the mayor. Oh, I've been burned! 
fucking scorned. He had the nerve to call you ladies, ladies, ladies. Like, you know, this What's is wrong thing. with it's you, like, skirts? It's like, you know, where do we draw this line? Where are we drawing this line of, like, how to address somebody yeah. now? You, you got, can't, see, so you can't say, you know, I, I was thinking about that the other day. I call my kids guys. Hey, guys, what are you doing? You ready to come downstairs? Hey, guys, come on. Let, I don't, like, it, think twice a, about it. It's not a, it's just a. Well, because you're not referring speech. to their gender. You're referring to, hey, there's a couple of yous, you know, and that's, right. and that's kind of it. Right. So, uh. This guy, Vito Perone, or Peroni, uh, perfectly qualified for the job. He absolutely qualified for the job. Uh, certainly qualified enough for him yeah. to get to this point yeah. where the offer has been made. And a stupid, minuscule, irrelevant, I can't even call it a mistake, yeah. something that offends the committee in the most benign way is enough to rescind the offer of the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how they're going to uh, answer to that in court when he sues. Because frankly, I don't I think, think he's the kind of guy that's gonna sue. He I, probably I, he probably isn't or is not. But I'm just saying that uh, if there was any reason, if there was a case yeah, to sue, yeah. I would think there's a pretty good reason. Yeah, this would be it. And I and I've 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 been diving into this this term microaggression and kind of finding out the history of this. The term was coined by Harvard University psychiatrist Chester Pierce in 1970 to describe insults and dismissals which he regularly witnessed non-black Af- uh, non Americans inflicting on African Americans. By the 21st century, uh, use of the term was applied to the casual degradation of any socially mar- marginalized group, including LGBT, poor people, and disabled people. However, uh, Dr. What is it? Dr. Sue, Dr. Uh, yeah, Daryl Wing Sue defines microaggressions, this is another psychologist, microaggressions as brief everyday exchanges that send uh, denigrating messages to certain individuals because of their group membership. But he also said, Dr. Sue, who popularized the term microaggressions, has expressed doubts on how the concept is being used. I was concerned that people who use these examples would take them out of context and use them as a punitive rather than an exemplary well, that's exact, way. That's exactly, that's what's, exactly what's going on yeah. here. Is an amazing story and, and still going on. Yeah. So we'll have uh, we'll have more. It's six twenty six with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. You've heard it's six twenty eight with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. Someone just uh, messaged me and said this would not be happening if he had said gentlemen to a few men. They are acting like he said girls. Oh yeah. I don't know. I mean, listen. I, that's, that's hey girls. And that came from a lady. I, I well, I assume a lady. She seems like a lady. Everything about her Facebook or Instagram page suggests she's something like a lady. What about uh, Beyonce? Is she uh, being microaggressive when she says all the single ladies? I mean, now you're really marginalizing a group of people. <laughs> when Does that cancel yeah. Tom Jones? I pr- yeah. She's uh, a lady? lady. No. <laughs> I, would hope, I would hope it wouldn't. I hope not. You want to laugh or what? I do. There you go. It's Bax and Nagel's Joke of the Day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> Classic Rock. What do you get when you mix human DNA and goat DNA? I don't know. What do you do when you mix human DNA and goat DNA? Uh, a stern police warning and a lifetime ban from the petting zoo. All right. <laughs> Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast.
633 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Planet Fitness, home of the judgment-free zone. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. The uh, Deerfield Fire District was sent to a residence on River Road for a brush fire on Sunday. According to the uh, Deerfield Fire, the owner of the home had legally gotten a, and burned a brush pile at around 8 p.m., the owner realized that the fire had rekindled and had spread through the leaf cover and into the hollow uh, into a hollow tree. Crews quickly put out the fire and soaked the area, which was about 20 by 20, and then uh, put out the fire in the tree. Uh, the fire is a reminder that it is still burning season and conditions are continuing to dry out and the permit to burn brush might close at any point. All fires must be completely put out by 4 p.m. on the day that the permit is for. Well, that says so right in the permit. I mean, it's... Shouldn't be a surprise to you. Well, uh, it should be. <laughs> it should be a surprise. It often is, it just, yeah. but it shouldn't be. Uh, the state eviction protection policy that was enacted to help residents during the pandemic expired on Friday, and evictions are already on the rise. Under the uh, now-expired law, Chapter 257, people who were unable to be evicted from their homes if they had applied for rental assistance and were waiting for it to come through, eviction filings are already reaching pre-pandemic levels once again and could have nearly... And have nearly doubled over the last year. A recent analysis of Massachusetts Housing Court data by the Boston Globe found that uh, eviction filings have almost doubled from last year ahead of the expiration of Chapter 257, with state landlords filing near nearly 5,000 cases in January and February of this year, uh, just over 2,500 the year before. You know what's going to be crazy? What? Is if you have to go to housing court to either fight an eviction or to get somebody evicted, it's going to be uh, you know backlogged for months. Yeah. Cuz they're all coming at once. I mean that's yeah that's the uh, that's the reality of it. It's too bad that's uh, the that, that that it had to happen this way cuz I mean at some point you know that was going to end. Yeah, but it's like now people are really in need because they <laughs> yeah. they're being and evicted. The, and now the whole system's going to get choked as a result of it. Uh, a Connecticut prison near the Massachusetts southwestern border uh, closed on Saturday due to the state's dwindling prison population. Yeah, they just released everybody. Yeah, they just let them all go. We all went to uh, five guys after their release. Uh, the Willard Correctional Institution at Shaker Road in Enfield shut down on Saturday, April 1st, according to Connecticut government Ned Lamont, who announced uh, that in a press release earlier this year. Lamont set forth the prison closure initiative after the state's prison population and overall violent crime rate decreased by nearly half over the past decade. Once a Willard Correctional Institution is empty, the state will spend the next year maintaining the property in case it's needed for emergencies or if inmate population numbers surge. They're using them as camps. All the criminals, they're just... Oh, wait, no, they're prisons. Yeah, we just put them back in prison. So they're not going to use it to like have uh, to create like say like a Chevrolet dealer or something like that. No, I thought it was like one of those FEMA camps that they're going to set up. Oh and, yeah. You know yeah. when when a when a big disaster happens they're going to push push us all inside the <laughs> FEMA camp. <laughs> the uh, small remainder of prisoners will be moved to Enfield's Carl Robinson Correctional Center an institution across Route tw- uh, 220 from the Willard Correctional at at Shaker Road. Oh, they just go right across the street. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're moving you. Where? Uh, downstate? No, across the street. Up the road. Yeah. The peace. The reintegration center was implemented to help prisoners ease their way back into society through programs and trainings once their sentences expired. Although the, they're taking an influx uh, of inmates, the Department of Corrections said the reintegration center will continue to assist convicted people. So it's not just going to go empty for a while. 
So they're just going to like slowly get everybody out of there. I would, I'd really like to go down there and just be in an empty prison. Would you really? Because I would think that'd be wicked creepy. No, no, no. It's brand, it's, it's newly empty. It's, it's not still, like, it's, I mean, it's not like you're like standing in the old York Street jail, you know, with that decrepit old building when it was still standing. You know, that would have been really freaky. You ever see like these pictures of these, and they're, you know, some of these buildings are still out there, uh, these, uh, these shut down, uh, insane asylums. Yeah. It, I mean, it's like, it's just like a, like a frightening look around. Well, Northampton was famous for that for the longest time. Yes. And then they knocked the building down. But that was one of those ghost hunter uh, things that people would go spend the night in there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. I just want to go in like uh, right now. It just got emptied. Steve, I'm sure there are plenty of things you can do that will ensure you going to jail right away. Oh, yeah. I, I, can, do th- I can do things right here. Yeah. You wouldn't even have to ask permission. Uh, the uh, uh, <clears throat> We did talk about this earlier, but the offer to the final candidate of the superintendent of East Hampton Public Schools was rescinded on Thursday. Candidate Vito Perone told Western Mass News they voted to rescind the offer in an executive session. The reason behind it, allegedly perceived uh, microaggression in an email he sent to school committee members. What really rankled me was the uh, people in the community of East Hampton is uh, always, it's usually supportive and welcomed me, said uh, Perone. Vito Perone was left in shock Thursday after his offer to become the superintendent uh, was rescinded. He told uh, Western Mass News he was notified by a chairperson of the school committee that his offer would be taken away due to an email he sent to the school committee chairperson and uh, it, and chairperson and executive assistant to the committee. Mm -hmm. We obtained a copy of the email that lists negotiations, including more vacation time. He explained the main focus was him addressing the school committee as, quote, ladies at the beginning of his email. (laughs) Those aren't ladies. They're very, they're very upset ladies. Yeah, they they don't like to be referred to as uh, ladies. Uh... She's all you gotta want. She's the kind you like to flaunt and take to dinner. But she always knows her place. She's got style, she's got grace. She's a winner. She's a lady. Whoa, 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 she's a lady. Talking about the little lady. And the lady is the second that he's happening. Anyway, Uh, Perone said that while he was disappointed, it was not about the money and that was actually taking a $14,000 pay cut to leave his role in West Springfield as the interim superintendent. He was hoping to end his career in East Hampton, where he has fond memories of working at the high school. He said, I was a principal here. We built this school. I was principal. We had a lot of great energy and memories here. I was the coach of my sons, uh, played football here, and I just love the community. And he does, you know, like I said, I talked to him yesterday. He seems like a pretty genuine guy about mm-hmm. that, like he really just wants to be part of that community again. Uh, he said uh, he has nothing against the school committee and hopes everyone could use this situation as something to grow and learn from. That's being a little modest. A little bit. This uh, this story is uh, getting around a little bit, too. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's already on, uh, what would you say, New York Post, the Daily Mail, couple other sites that were Yeah, national. by the end of the day, it's going to be pretty much all over the country. And I'm sure... And I'm sure Tucker Carlson will pick it up tonight on Fox News or sometime this week. Oh, let's hope or, so. Or what's her name? Uh, Laura Ingram. 
That would be great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 good. Yeah, I don't think it is great I, because I don't think it's the it's the the attention that's necessary uh, for this particular situation. Like you don't you don't really need to bring a national spotlight to it. However, you just did. Well, again, you know there are things. The, the mayor rescinded her vote, and uh, as you mentioned earlier this hour, you know she's had her own little. Uh, problems yeah uh, where she wanted her apology to mean something and you know but this what? guy's apology was not good enough for what is a much more benign situation than what she was accused of and frankly i don't think anybody would have brought up that incident that she had no because she apologized and made good on it like and people forgave her for that because that's how like life works for the most part. You say you're sorry for something when you realize you did something, and then you move on from it. So now that she's moved on from this, it seems a little ironic that she's telling somebody else the, that this uh, this is not the behavior we expect around here. What's ironic? Well, it's ironic that uh, Mayor uh, LaChapelle uh, is accusing this person of being microaggressive, aggressive, but when her own, uh, you know, situation she said something racially insensitive to a student no i mean what does ironic mean oh i see what you did there i know you could do this you could do this all day i could do this all day and probably will here's dennis DeYoung on rock 102 w-a-q-i lady when i'm with you i'm smiling Give me whoa 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 job. Yeah. Send the job offer. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh this is a little ridiculous. It's a lot of ridiculous. And I feel bad for this guy. Cause then, you know, looking about it, you I mean you you've you've accepted a job, you're all excited to to start, you make one tiny itty bitty mistake that wouldn't even be seen as a mistake by 99% of everybody in the world but yet somehow this is a microaggressive act in an email that two people saw well now a lot of people saw it because they forwarded it on to somebody else yeah well I think they should rescind the rescinding of the rescinded job that little hen house going on at the school committee up in East Hampton (laughs) 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 It got me a lady. Your Pioneer Valley forecast. I can't wait to letter on that one. Uh, Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be cloudy with a chance of a shower this afternoon with a high of 57. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It is 24 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Aw, yeah. GG Inks. Screen printing. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 650, and you too with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, cloudy today with a high of 57. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 24 right now in downtown Springfield. The Rock 102 Golf Club is back, presented by Swing Oil Beer Company. Starting today, you can get 11 rounds of golf at some of the area's nicest courses like Keeney Park, the Ledges, Wyckoff, Brattleboro Country Club, and many, many more. 
for only $199. That's less than 20 bucks around. Get one for yourself. For a friend, makes a great gift for any golfer. It's the Rock 1-2 Golf Club presented by Swing Oil Beer Company, available for a very limited time. So don't wait. Get yours today at rock102.com. Uh, that uh, that story is, uh, like we said, is picked up <clears throat> on the national level now. I'm not surprised with the uh, New York Post and the and now international really because the Daily Mail is a UK based website. the uh, The thing I, uh, I I'm amazed by is that if you were offered uh, a job and you got past the interview process, right, mm-hmm. and they gave you the job, they they basically said. The job is yours. We've agreed to some things. Let's work out the minor details and proceed, right. which is where they were at. Right. And all of a sudden, they tell you they're pulling this. Under normal circumstances, unless they've got good reason to rescind the job, don't you think they that somebody in this group would have said, hey, is this even legal for us to do that? Is this a violation of some sort of employment law or anything? Because well, I don't know. Uh, Mayor don't, Le Chappelle is a lawyer, so she could figure this out. Yeah, well, you know, not every lawyer is a great lawyer, and lawyers make mistakes. And not that I know anything about her, her, her background in law. She may be a fabulous lawyer for all I know, but it would seem to me that uh, unless they've got a good reason to pull the offer, yeah, like a really good, substantial reason that might hold up in court they probably shouldn't pull the offer no and uh you know it's not like he went in there and went dear dames dear broads on the school committee now that i got the job from you skirts it's time for me to make a bunch of uh, very very important demands Uh, here's my list who will be making my sandwiches when i uh, my first day of work i like the crusts cut off my sandwiches yeah and my martinis mixed, shaken, not stirred. <laughs> Will somebody be f- fluffing up the throw pillows uh, and making sure my slippers are on the floor? It's just like, it's just too much. And it's like the whole victimhood thing, you have to really be a victim in order to be offended by it. You can't be more offended than somebody else. Listen, if if you find that someone is addressing you in a way that does not uh, necessarily mix with the way that you identify, okay, the easiest thing to do is just to, to politely correct them yes, and let them know. a teachable moment. A teachable, Thank exactly, you very Steve. much. Thank you very much for putting words on, into my mouth. You're on the school committee. Right. Teachable. It would, it would not be enough for me to say, I'm sorry, what did you call me? And then all of a sudden I pull the carpet from this guy's feet. I would yeah. not, you know, the, that doesn't seem to be you know on the same level uh, or, or or the something that rises to that level where you pull a job offer. I uh, I have reached out to uh, Miss Kuzinski. I don't know if you even know if I'm pronouncing that right. That lady on the school. Well, call. you'll never find out because she's never going to say yes to your call. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's never going to return that call. Actually, I, I, I addressed her, uh, dear school committee mem- uh, member. <laughs> I did because I didn't want to have any perceived microaggressions right. toward you. You know, I, I, I could have handled that many different See, ways. See, the, the, the problem is we've kind of created an environment that it's impossible not to offend somebody in some way, no matter how big or small that offense may be. Uh, the, the the documentary I saw, which was actually a few years old, it wasn't anything new, but it was called uh, Can We Take a Joke? 
and it was all these comedians like Jim Norton and Gilbert Gottfried and, and all, you know, talking about their instances where they were, quote, canceled at some point through right. their uh, thing. Actually, the Gilbert Gottfried one is hilarious. I really highly recommend you watch the documentary <laughs> because I can't repeat the joke. But um, it's uh, it, it, it kind of gave, you know, Jim Norton said it best. He's like, there's a lot of things that offend a lots of different people, but you just remove yourself from it you don't you know embrace engage yourself with it yeah i think i think you can correct somebody without taking great offense understand that not everybody has risen risen to a certain level of understanding right or sensitivity that you may want them to it does not necessarily mean that you have to hit them over a ha- with a hammer as a punitive measure to make your point, but there are polite ways of at, ver- at the very least being courteous to someone who may be wrong about something or may have offended you. Yeah. This is not one of those situations where I think that was done very well. And if you didn't if you if you can't do that properly, this is what happens. Now you have now it's a national story and now you're going to get heat from all these uh, you know media outlets and all this other stuff all because you just didn't handle it the right way. Yeah. There is a way to take sensitivity yeah. too far and turn it into a weapon. And that's what we're that's what we're looking at now. You know, a man wouldn't make this kind of mistake. Oh, Pax. are you kidding me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why hiring for these yeah. kind of things is uh. man's work. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, doll. Can we just let a man come in here and let him let him fix this for you? Because <laughs> otherwise, a man's going to have to come yeah, in know, and fix yeah, all yeah, the mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that Goodyear tire commercial where the lady can't drive, but she's safe because there's Goodyears on it. Because it was built by a man. It's <laughs> 657 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Two great tapes. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, with Scott's four-step, four easy steps to an awesome lawn. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, since 1917, 105 years ago, only four teams in NHL history have ever won 60 games during a regular season. During the course of an 82-game schedule, that's a lot of damn wins. Last night, after nearly blowing a three-goal lead, the Bruins beat the St. Louis Blues with a final score of 4-3, thanks to a game-winning goal by Charlie Coyne in a shootout. Now, I can sit here all morning and break down the entire game, but I'm going to spare you of that. Instead, I'd rather focus on the bigger picture. Now the Bruins' uh, record currently sits at 60 wins and just 12 losses. And according to my math, they currently have a five, uh, only five games remaining on their regular season schedule. Toronto, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Washington, and Montreal. And apart from New Jersey, every one of those teams is straight-up dog crap. They're garbage. Each one of them perfectly beatable. The only team involved here that isn't beatable are the Bruins. The Bruins only need to win two more games to tie the 2018-19 Tampa Bay Lightning and the 1995-96 Detroit Red Wings for the all-time season record of 62 games. The Bruins have five games to do it. Five games, four of which are being played against teams that are absolute trash. Can it be done? I think it can. Will it be done? I think it will. Of course, as any hockey fan will tell you, 62 wins a season don't mean jack squat if you can't win the Stanley Cup. 
In 2019, the Lightning got bounced out of the first round of the playoffs by Columbus. In 2016, the uh, Red Wings were bounced out of the conference final by uh, Colorado. Do the Bruins fall into the same nightmarish hellhole and they defy history and blast their way into winning their seventh Stanley Cup championship? To me, they are a team of staggering destiny and achievement. But do I want to be the jerk that jinxes it all? No, I do not. Winning 62 games is no easy feat. Ripping through the playoffs and into the Stanley Cup championship, even tougher. But if there were ever a team to potentially make history, this might just be the one. Because if they don't, then I will find this whole exercise to be completely unsatisfying. But hey, it's my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know what Nikki likes? Color. Nikki's creative with color. That's why Nikki works in the paint department at the East Lawmeta Rockies. See Nikki for your painting project. Good people, rock solid service at every Rockies Ace Hardware, and they're looking for more. Apply now at Rockies.com. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Splash of Rock. It's just about 710 and Elton John. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it is uh, going to be, uh, and I will tell you right now, uh, cloudy today with a chance of a shower, high of 57. Uh, tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. 24 in downtown Springfield. However, uh, in Portugal, it's a beautiful 65 degrees oh, right I'm now. I'm sure it's fantastic. And on the phone, this to tell us all about what Portugal is like. It's Scott Cohen. Good morning, <laughs> Scotty. How are you? Uh, good, guys. Uh, uh, doing well. Uh, uh, Quick, funny story last night, had a, a dinner in a, a local restaurant in Lisbon, a guy named Roberto, uh, you know, one of the profession, pro- professional waiter, was chatting him up, and uh, he knew all about Ludlow. So uh, Ludlow no. making the yeah, rounds. I bet he did. Yeah, well, in, that's, uh, in Lisbon. That's, uh, that's, like, uh, that's like the new world to them. In fact, didn't Columbus actually discover Ludlow first? Well, I definitely know that he sailed from here. We've been, ta- I've, you know, been taking the tourist pictures of all these monuments and stuff, and ev- every single one of them is dedicated to somebody who raped and pillaged something and then sailed to the New World and did it all over again. So uh, we, we, uh, we can, be, we can yeah. be proud. I believe it was the Nina, the Pinta, and the Lusitano Club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that- uh, well, listen, uh, before, let's, hey, before we, before we get... Um, you know, into like the news of the day. Um, I I, I want to just take a, uh, a couple of seconds out to uh, recognize uh, Dave Hickson uh, from Amherst College, uh, the longtime coach there. Um, you know, the Basketball Hall of Fame every year announces their class at the Final Four. And uh, Dave, with 826 career wins, he's the first Division Three coach uh, to be inducted and just super, super well deserved. I've known I've known Dave for uh, you know over thirty five years. Class act, and just really really happy for him. So, congratulations to Dave Hickson from Amherst College. Very cool. Hey, uh, we do have to talk. Speaking of uh, of college basketball, uh, this is not the Final Four that I believe a hundred percent of the people thought would happen. But uh, man, what a couple of great games on uh, over the weekend! That San Diego FAU game—I can't. I mean, I'm, I'm still stunned by the way it ended. What an amazing, uh, amazing turnaround uh, that uh, San Diego State had. Yeah, I mean, you know, UConn was number one at one point during the season, so I mean, everybody knew that that was the marquee game. But the Cinderella game that you just talked about—holy cow! It's—I got news for you, man. Unless you're an alumni of of San Diego State. If you've got them uh, playing for a championship tonight in your in your original bracket, I, I, 
A, I want to meet you, and B, I want you to place bets for me all summer on 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 whatever. Yeah, a buzzer beater by by uh, San Diego State uh, to to uh, to win the game. Crazy, just nuts. And now um, they get a chance to go up against the juggernaut, which is which is what UConn has been the whole way through the tournament. I I, I think it's kind of hard not to, to to place your bets on the Huskies at this point, but you know San yeah. Diego State, yeah, you know, they they. They were behind that entire game, stayed close. I mean, it never got you know out out of hand. But at the end, you know, they they it, it, they scored points when it mattered. In a game like this, where you got a four seed and a five seed, and UConn is a tough team, but you wonder, you know, are they prepared? Do they do they realize that San Diego State poses a real threat, or do they just say, ah, oh, no, we can we can swat these guys down with the UConn Huskies after all? Well, you know, a lot of it come. It, it all comes down to. It doesn't all come down. I mean, that we, we sometimes I think we give coaches too much credit. Um, you know, Bobby Hurley. You know, he knows what he's doing. His 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 coaching pedigree. You know, with his father is is as long as his arm. Um, and again, you know, keep in mind, uh, UConn had an up and down season. I think they started fourteen and zero. They were the number one team in the country, and then you know they kind of hit the skids for a while, and then played well. They've just They've just been crushing it uh, since the opening tip of um, of the tournament. But I, you know, to talk X's and O's, I think a lot of it. What's going to happen tonight? And UConn is a seven and a, seven and a half point favorite. Is how how tight are the referees going to call the game? Um, you know, are uh, the team that makes uh, the most free throws? Um, you know, you got to make your free throws tonight. So. I mean, listen, you bet the house on UConn, but uh, listen, just just look at it. San Diego State, uh, dude, all bets are off. Um, I want to talk about hockey here for a little bit. Uh, there was a great quote from Wayne Gretzky the other night who uh, said that uh, that if the Boston Bruins don't win the Stanley Cup, he's going to feel mad. He's going to feel cheated that uh, this happened. You know, Everything numerically for the Bruins is is remarkable. They've got five games left in the regular uh, regular schedule. They need two more wins to tie the all-time record for the most wins in a single season. I know you still got the playoffs to go through and it's really presumptuous to assume that a Stanley Cup is uh, is is in their in their grasp, but I think I think Gretzky's right. If they don't win, I think people are going to be genuinely angry that it didn't happen. Buddy, everybody from Pittsfield to Provincetown is pulling for uh, pulling for the Bruins at this point. You know they've they're 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 stacked uh, all four lines. Um, you know these you know these are things that you know I guess only you know uh, hardcore hockey fans talk about. I mean you know we all look at how many goals so and so scored and, and this and that and the other thing. Their pen, penalty kill is number one um, in the NHL. Is is long if if they can stay healthy through the playoffs. I mean, imagine imagine in game one of the one of the opening round of the series, something you know, David Pasternak or uh, Brad Marchand, you know, uh, uh, blows out a knee, hurts a shoulder, uh, you know, can't uh, can't play the rest of the series. All of you know this stuff. This stuff happens. But if they if they just if they stay healthy. Uh, <laughs> We'll be, dude. We'll be up. We'll be up for six months, uh, lamenting that the, the fact that they didn't win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Got to stay healthy. Still got to play the games. The uh, the Red Sox season is underway. They've won uh, two in a row with uh, the Orioles. Three games where they've scored over nine runs. That's uh, I mean, granted, it's the the Orioles, but nine runs in a game uh, is still pretty prolific. I mean, that's still pretty good. 
buddy, 28, 28 runs scored, <laughs> 23 runs given up. Uh, that makes you a 500 team. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, it had, Chris Sale just got all lit up on Saturday, and they, they managed to win the game. Um, they it, Apparently, they're going to be able to score runs, but, you know, it, it all comes down to pitching, and we know that uh, they don't really appear to have a lot of it. But it'll be fun. I think it, it'll be a fun season. I'm, you know, I'm glad it's not uh, 28 runs scored by the Orioles and three by the Red Sox. It was it was hardly that. We'll we'll see what happens the rest of the way. So I don't know how uh, closely you were following uh, from your European vacation. How you got two weeks off, hey. I will never know. Anyhow, um, hey, come on. Well, I'm just I'm just saying company policy. Yeah, we're not allowed to have two weeks on a two week in a row. Anyway, uh, having said all that. Um, Lots of talk about what's going on with the Patriots. There's all kinds of discussion about, you know, whether Bill Belichick has the kind of job security that people think he may have. There's all there was all kinds of conversation last week about uh, Lamar Jackson. All kinds of conversation about what is going on with the Patriots right now. If there's a disconnect between Mr. Kraft and Bill Belichick and and everybody else, and he, and even uh, you know this this tweet exchange. Asante Samuel t- telling Lamar Jackson, "You do not want to go over there and play for Bill Belichick." What What's your sense of what's actually going on right now in Foxborough? I think Bill Belichick is just going to decide to leave on his own terms. He's not He's not going to be fired. I mean, he's already listen. I we say this. I say this facetiously. He's as old as dirt. I mean, what does he What does he have have to prove? He, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this was his last season, uh, win, lose, or draw. Uh, they've got, they have, for all intent and purpose, they have an, an unproven young quarterback. Um, I don't think they're going to, I don't believe they're in the Lamar Jackson conversation. It's like if you were Lamar Jackson, why, you know, I mean, basically, you know, the NFL, some people think, stands for no fun league. Uh, he, he, Belichick pretty much ran Gronkowski out of town because Gronk was like, I'm just not having any fun anymore. So no, it, the New England is not a destination for uh, for a, a guy like Lamar Jackson. But Mac Jones is a year older. Uh, they they picked up uh, you know they picked up a couple of uh, uh, free agent signings uh, offensively uh, here in the off season. The NFL draft is coming up. Um, well, yeah, wait and see. Maybe maybe Mac Jones will make will make a giant step coming into this coming season and and show that that they don't need to be in the market for uh, for a marquee quarterback. They already have one. But he's a, he's a little bit away from uh, that right now. He's got to take a giant step. All right. So will you be here next week? Or are you going to take a third week uh, vacation at a different country? Well, well, I think um, I'm actually going to give it till Wednesday to make that call. But, um, <laughs> Wait, but how, I mean, how I, think, I think the I think the <laughs> the morning money line says that I'll be back. I'll be back on Thursday. What What happened last week? Well, how come you couldn't come on the show? Uh, why couldn't I come on the show last week? Was, um, you were you were under the weather. You had oh, like, yeah. the Spanish flu. No, yeah, I, yeah, I had the Spanish flu. I was I was under the yeah. weather. Come on, this, you know this, I this is what I said about you. The booze in Spain falls mainly on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right, Scott, fly, have a good safe flight back. All right, you guys too. See you soon. All right, All right. Scott Coward with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred and Two. Springfield's Classic Rock is everywhere. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. 
727 and Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Oh, man, this East Hampton thing just gets better and better every time I read it. And now it's on Fox News, which, uh, yeah. you know, I, I kind of figured that was going to happen. Well, it's it's everywhere. We'll talk more about it after 8 o'clock and maybe take some of your phone calls, too. It's mm-hmm. This story is really just amazing, and we'll get to that a little bit later. want to uh, quickly mention, if you missed any part of uh, today's show, check out the daily podcast available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and on rock102.com. Baxi's musical podcast this week, my uh, guest is uh, Michael Wilden, uh, the guitarist and co-founder of the band Queensryche. They actually got a brand new record out called the Digital Noise Alliance, and they'll be at the Palladium this Friday night in Worcester, uh, April 7th, for uh, a great uh, a great show of, uh, of, uh, of, of noise, and you'll hear that uh, on rock102.com. Sweet. There you have it. Looking good. Okay. All right. News is next to Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. 731 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news and it is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Uh, go to Gary Rome Hyundai today and get 0%, uh, 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The Holyoke Fire Department was sent to 555 Northampton Street for a motor vehicle accident on Sunday. According to the department, one person was sent to the emergency room for their injuries. Holyoke Gas and Electric was at the accident to uh, repair some damage done to a pole. Drivers were uh, asked to drive slowly and avoid the area as work was being done. Stay out of this area. Stay away from the pole. We're putting up a pole. Get the hell out of here, you looky-loose rubberneckers. What, you've never seen a pole get installed before? It's your first time around the block? Uh, the Longmeadow Fire Department was called the Frank Smith Road for a reported car fire yesterday. When crews arrived, they found a car fully involved in a fire in the driveway of a home. Uh, the crews were able to put out the fire quickly to keep the fire from spreading to nearby vehicles. Frank Smith Road was closed while the crew was operating, but of course has since reopened. There were no injuries to anyone or uh, any member of the department or the owner of the car. The uh, cause is believed to have been accidental, spontaneously combusted. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the car now. Uh, you see the pictures? Yeah, I saw it. I don't think that's drivable. I don't think that's, uh, that's going to buff out. You don't think that's going to work? No, I don't think so. No. That car might not be usable as of now. Your yeah. insurance company probably argue it, but uh, I, I don't think that's going to be use, useful. I don't know. Rick's auto body has done wonders for me over the years. I'm sure they could... Buff that out. Yeah, I know they're. I know they're yeah. very good there, but you can't make meatloaf out of horse crap. And I'm pretty sure that uh, that car is a total loss. Yeah, they used to do those billboards. I haven't seen those billboards in a long time. Oh, they still got them. Do they? Yeah, yeah. They used to be more prominent, though. I think they were like you know. Well, you know, uh, billboards are very expensive. They're not cheap. Right. Mostly because they're probably taken up by the cannabis industry because that's all I see up and down 91. Cannabis and uh, foxy lettuce. Those are the two I see around the area. Foxy lettuce? Where are they getting the money from? I don't know. I don't know. You you have to to buy a whole lot of lettuce in order to put up a billboard in Springfield. A uh, fire destroyed a large barn in Westfield Saturday night. Firefighters went to 32 Montgomery Street after receiving calls from several people reporting that they could see flames shooting from the barn. When they arrived, crews were able to make contain the fire and prevent it from spreading to a home nearby. According to the Westfield Police, the fire destroyed the barn and it will be knocked down. No one was injured, and the cause remains under investigation. Wow. Big barn fire. I guess so. The flames were shooting out the side. You could probably see it from a mile away. You could see it all the way from the Mass Pike. 
Uh, 22 News did the 22 News Storm Team uh, meteorologist Adam Streptroat took a look back at WWLP's first meteorologist and how forecasting the weather has changed over the years. 22 News continues to celebrate their 70th anniversary, and back in the early days, we didn't have anything like the technology we have today. If you grew up watching 22, you probably remember the station's very first meteorologist, John, John Quill. Quill. John was even hired before the station went on the air back in March 17th of 1953. Back in the early days, John did the forecast for both the morning and evening newscast. The way we uh, presented the weather back in those days was a lot different than what we do today. That's for sure. In the early days before computers in the chroma key wall, John would write on sliding boards using grease markers. Today, our new state-of-the-art studio allows us to do weather in front of large monitors. Mm -hmm. There are also a number of other locations in our weather center where we can do uh, from our weather room. Our computers and our ESP live Doppler radar allow our forecast to be a lot more accurate than they were back in the John Quill days. He he forecasted weather for 47 years. Yeah. You know, you realize how long, uh, this is a, another thing that uh, confounds me. You realize how long Tremco has been there? Uh, he's been there probably 20 years, I would imagine. That's amazing yeah. to me how a guy uh he, it said yeah he said uh, well according to uh, you meet the team he's been more there more than 17 years i think it's been a while since yeah. they've updated this uh he has been there for almost 20 years yeah and still looks like he's 15 years old yeah uh i remember him uh from my days at kahunaville remember kahunaville in the holyoke mall i do well that was like the hot spot for all of the westfield state kids to go to on a tuesday night yeah you go to tuesday night karaoke at kahunaville and they had drink specials and all that other good stuff right and uh he was there was he old enough to get in he was old enough to get he's he's did he have to be accompanied by an adult did barry bring him he's got to be a couple of years older than me he's not that much older than me adam strip strip uh well i don't know he's just uh he's like one of these age-defying type of people he's like the dick clark of 22 news yeah that's right he looked incredibly young until one day he didn't look so young anymore yeah and he was told the guy i need to go lie down um so he was there with there was another weather guy that he was roommates with and I can't remember what his name was, but he was a young guy. He had yeah. like uh, his name was John something, and he had like dark, uh, slick hair. John, he was like, yeah, he was like one of these, you know, like young go-getter uh, meteorologist uh, mm. kind of guys. And I remember, uh, you know, we were all in awe, going, "Hey, look, it's the two guys from the TV station here at Kahunaville. like, like in civilian clothing, which was weird. Really, they were they were they were dressed like. People? Yeah, you know how like when you when you'd always run into a teacher outside of school, and yeah. you're like, oh, like it's, it's like this big surprising thing, like wow, you're an actual human and you do things. You know, one day many years ago, I was at the Costco in West Springfield. Uh-huh. Okay, and I'm just minding my business, not paying much attention, and some guy, uh, you know, calls out to me. I, like I didn't know who it was, right? I turn around and it's this guy wearing sweatpants. You know, ratty ass sneakers yeah, yeah, yeah. and a and a filthy T shirt. It's freaking Barry Krieger oh, in the Costco. Yeah, see, you know, and I, you know, I mean, I've known Barry since literally like the week I got here. But it's like I almost had to look twice because one, this was before I realized what a big fan of the Costco chickens he was. And then right. two, I had never seen him 
dressed like a human being. I mean, today, now in his retirement, he's dressed like that all the time. But back in the 1990s, yeah, it's always it was like, weird. It was bizarre. It's like, dude, why aren't you wearing a a blazer and a tie in a Costco? It was weird for me years ago before him and I were even friends. Uh, I would record his his like sixty second. He had like a sixty second like news headline ca- for this radio station I worked for. Right. He would do this twenty two news preview coming up or whatever. So my job would be to record him, and then like when I heard him mess up. Yeah. And then like it, it just it's like wow I I never really thought you just see you're seeing a different side of somebody. Right. You're seeing the the human side as opposed to the you know uh, broadcaster right persona. You know, uh, you know, I've golfed with Dave Madsen a couple of times, so I've, I've seen what he looks like yeah. when he's like a human being. Uh, but like Brenda Garden always looks like she's on TV. She always looks spectacular, no matter where she she's is. She's always playing the part. Always playing the part. She's never not Brenda Garden. She may say, I'm not, Bren- I'm not the Brenda Garden you recall. Oh, yeah, you are. I'm always Steve Nagel. <laughs> and hopefully, Steve, yeah. you always will be. Yeah, you get me in front of a bong. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm right. the same guy. Oh, yeah. I'm the same old guy. That's it. Yeah. A driver allegedly led police on a chase on the Mass Pike and Charlton Sunday afternoon before running away and being arrested in the swamp. Oh, you had to run away. Ooh. Yeah, but you had to run away in a swamp. How gross. According to uh, state police spokesperson Dave Procopio, at about 5.27 p.m., the Mass State Police received several calls from motorists reporting that a gold Cadillac was being driven erratically on the westbound side of the Mass Pike. The operator allegedly had caused multiple crashes on the pike and kept driving. Cruisers were sent to the area, and one of the patrols was able to locate the suspect at uh, the 82.8-mile marker. Well, you know where that is. It's be- If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> correct me, it's between the 81 and the 83. Well, it's actually between the 82.7 and the 82.9. Well, I didn't yeah. say where it was, yeah. where it falls uh, yeah. in that range, but somewhere in between there. The suspect refused to stop for the trooper and continued with the chase. The suspect caused another crash, and the trooper stopped to attend the vehicle that, ha- that had crashed. The uh, suspect continued to flee westbound before crashing at the 80.2-mile marker. Now, you know exactly where that oh, is. That right? one I know, yeah. Yeah, where is that? Oh, that's really that's the same same range between the eighty one and the eighty three, but that's more towards Actually, the eighty one. No, it would be the in the eighty point one and the eighty point three. Like you really need to be a little more specific when you're reporting these things. And I don't know why they're not giving details. <laughs> yeah, they're damned if you do, you, damned if you don't. Yeah, but they give you details. Like I, I oh yeah oh he crashed at the eighty point two mile marker. <laughs> God, if he was just one point of a mile away, yeah. it would have been a disaster. <laughs> Cheated death on that one. Troopers searched the area for the suspect where a trooper ultimately located the suspect <laughs> behind home on Sturbridge Road in Charlton. The suspect ran away, and several troopers from the state uh, police, Charlton Sturbridge and uh, Brookfield Barracks and local officers chased him on foot. Troopers and officers found the suspect in a swamp off Simpson Road in Charlton and apprehended him. The suspect was taken uh, by Sturbridge EMS to Harrington Hospital with complaints of injuries. Yeah, I bet he had injuries. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I I feel bad. My feelings are hurt because I got caught. (laughs) Troopers found evidence of narcotics and alcohol usage in the suspect's vehicle. The suspect's vehicle was found and towed to a state police facility. Specific charges in his name, age, and hometown have not been released. One occupant of the vehicles uh, struck by the suspect vehicle was sent to an area hospital for their injuries. Well, there you go. (laughs) 
Uh, going on over in uh, East Hampton. Uh, we're going to be talking about this a little bit more extensively coming up after 8 o'clock. The offer to the final candidate for the superintendent of East Hampton Public Schools was rescinded last Thursday. Candidate Vito Perone told Western Mass News they voted to rescind the offer in an executive session. The reason behind it? Allegedly a perceived microaggression in an email he sent to school committee members after he had gotten the job. Uh, what really rankled me was the people of the community of East Hampton is always usually supportive and welcomed me, uh, Perone said. Vito uh, Perone was left in shock Thursday after his offer to become the East Hampton Public School District's next superintendent was rescinded. He told Western Mass News he was notified by the chairperson of the school committee that his offer would be taken away due to an email he sent to the school committee chairperson and an executive assistant to the committee. We obtained a copy of the email that lists negotiations, including uh, more vacation time. He explained the main focus was him addressing the school committee as, quote, ladies at the beginning of his email. She explained to me that uh, they were insulted by the address, and uh, I said, "I well, I grew up in a time, the 60s and 70s, when ladies and gentlemen was a term of respect. That's how I intended it. I didn't mean to insult you, and it was basically told my apology didn't mean anything, and they were just going to rescind the offer. Mm. You know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the members of the uh, of the school committee mm-hmm. are elected officials. Yeah, right. So if the folks of East Hampton are awake at 7:43 in the morning, I hope that they remember the situation when it comes to uh, voting. Yeah, for these uh, members of the school committee, because to yeah. be honest, this is going to wind up costing your city a lot more than it's worth. And uh, allegedly, the one who changed her vote on this whole thing was the mayor, Nicole Lachapelle. Yeah, very French, Lachapelle. It, we don't take your little insults very kindly around here. I fart in your yeah. general direction. You call us ladies? <laughs> we are not ladies. We are persons, <laughs> and you should address us as that. But she uh, <clears throat> she also forgets that last year, right around this time, mm-hmm. things, uh, she was under fire for some racially charged comment that she made to a student at one of these We the People events. Right. And uh, she has since apologized to that student and, uh, you know, well, wanted, a, to, wanted a, to move forward in sure. a way where it's a positive thing right. and, and not get any negative uh, reviews. Well, in perfect, uh, you know, you know, selective outrage, I mean, that apology meant something. Right. Uh, like, Mr. Perone's uh, apology meant absolutely nothing. Means absolutely nothing. And according to uh, to, to Mr. Perone, uh, her excuse, LaChapelle's excuse was, I'm a lawyer and... You know, you should have known that this was wrong. Right. Yeah. Really? Yes. Well, if you're a lawyer, then you should have not made a racially sensitive <laughs> comment, insensitive comment yeah, to yeah. A, a child. Seems to me that would have been uh, also known by a lawyer. And she swears like a sailor. Apparently, she dropped the F-bomb in front of a bunch of kids, too. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. 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 Maybe your mayor jab should be rescinded. Ooh, Jesus. Listen to you. I know. Wow. What else are you telling me about uh, about this? Oh, so the other piece to this story, and I and I had forgotten about it until I reread it again, and somebody had pointed it out to me. The day he got the job, it yes. was like a late session. They must have had, you know, there's these Zoom sessions that they have. So it's like 8.30 at night. Uh, they said, okay, we'll let you know, uh, whatever. So 8.30 at night, uh, Mr. Perone falls asleep at some point. 
because it's 8.30 at night and you've probably been sitting through this lengthy process. And you're probably going to go to work the next day. And uh, they must have called him and couldn't get a hold of him to tell him that he had the job. So at 12.15 when they didn't hear back, 12.15 in the morning, yeah. when they didn't hear back from the man, yeah. they sent a cop over to his house to make sure that he was okay. And, you know, of course, his wife is there and, you know, waking everybody up in the house. And uh, Yeah. You know, it, um, if you've ever been woken up by the police at 12, 15 yeah, in the morning, yeah, it's usually a, a bad thing to yeah. happen. It does not necessarily, uh, uh, are you awake, sir? Just wanted to let you know, you got the job. I just, uh, I don't understand the, like, let's call the po- police. You know, it's late at night. When think, you- think about this for a minute. Think about yeah. this. If this school committee and its members can overreact to how they are addressed in an email mm-hmm. and overreact by sending police to his house to tell us just yeah. to make sure he's still alive to accept yeah. the, the job position, what must they be doing to it, overreact to your child's education? It's the uh, it, actually that's the title of the position. It's overreactive chairwoman Kaczynski. <laughs> Kaczynski not not chairwoman. Uh-huh. Not chairwoman. That oh, would no, be disrespectful. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What kind I'm of sorry. microaggression is that, Steve? Uh, you know what? I grew up in a time where things were different. We called people by the <laughs> chairwoman and chairman. God, I hope I uh, get educated at some point about this whole thing. Uh, anyway, we've got other stuff to get to, but we will talk more about this extensively coming up after 8 o'clock. It's uh, it's 24 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 754 in Van Halen with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy today with a chance of a shower high of 57 tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 66. It's 24 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, well, you've, you've heard uh, that. Are you ready to hear this? I'm ready. Ah! Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, school bus driver. Yes. An Ohio school bus driver has officially resigned after a video of her screaming profanities at students got more than 3 million views. Here's a piece of the more than two minute long tirade that hit the internet. Okay, no, I can smell it. I didn't do anything. I'm sick of you. I'm done with it. I'm going to start kicking some serious. Do you hear me? Yes. My foot's going to be so far up your. It's going to dangle out your. I'm done with you. This is, uh, by the way, she has quit being a bus driver and will now apply for the superintendent's job over in East Hampton. Yeah, this is nothing. I told you about my uncle Leon, who was a bus driver, school bus driver. Yeah. his own kids off the bus. Yeah, see, uh, that's the that's the kind of guy you want as a bus driver. Uncle You're not Leon, not going to take any crap from anybody. Uncle Leon was just an angry, bitter, hostile guy through his whole life. Yeah, this is nothing. That's like child's play. You should hurt my uncle Leon. Oh man, Ooh. that guy could go off. Uncle Leon, he was a ticking time bomb. Uh, clip number two: People are mocking a woman who took to TikTok to frantically explain a situation where a random man approached her in a parking lot and said, "Excuse me, ma'am." Here is Danielle Mitchell explaining the interaction that went down. I'm literally shaking. I am alone with my son, by myself, a woman, and a male approached me in a parking lot. He's, excuse me, miss, and I don't know 
why in the hell he was approaching me or what he was trying to do. And I mean, he was probably 30 feet from me when he said, excuse me, ma'am. And I turned around and I literally yelled at him and I said, do not approach me. No male should ever approach a woman in a parking lot. <sighs> she got, I watched this whole thing yeah. and she is just like, and I don't know why. And then he was, and then he was like, What's your effing problem? Like he was like, "What is your problem, lady? I'm just trying to ask you something." Yeah. And she's telling, "No man should ever approach a woman in the parking lot." Okay, I won't. Uh, ma'am, you forgot your wallet. You dropped on the floor on the ground over here. She's saying he was thirty feet away from her. He wasn't like approaching yeah, it wasn't, her. It wasn't imposing. What, what does she do for a living? Is she uh, a member of the uh, East Hampton School Committee? Oh, she's the chairperson. She'd be, she'd be good at that job. Yeah, no, kidding. Uh, another clip. A rapper named Jordan Simons has gone viral with his Dr. Seuss raps. Here's his take on Mr. Brown Can Moo. Can you? Yo, this is Mr. Brown Can Moo. Can you? Written by Dr. Seuss. And I'm going to rap this book. Oh, the wonderful things Mr. Brown can do. He can go like a cow. He can go moo moo. Mr. Brown can do it, man. How about you? He can go like a bee. Mr. Brown can buzz. How about you? Can you go buzz buzz? He can go like a cork. Pop, 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 pop. He can go like horse feet. Clop, clop, clop. He can go eek, eek, like a squeaky shoe. He can go like a rooster. Cock-a-doodle-doo. He can go like a now. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Eek, 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 eek. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Hoo, 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 hoo. How about you? He can go like the rain. Dibble, 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 dop. Dibble, 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 yeah. dop, dop, dop. He can go like a it's like, it's like it's pretty good. Horton and Dr. Seuss, like the Biggie and Tupac thing. <laughs> Like, didn't he get shot outside of a nightclub yeah. one time? And the, the Grinch is a Suge Knight of the whole thing, yeah, right? Yeah, He'll yeah. steal Christmas if he has to. It is uh, 7.58. <laughs> that is that is now here this. And uh, coming up after 8 o'clock, we're going to uh, dive into the East Hampton superintendent story, which uh, we'll take your calls with that, too. It's 7.58, and that's Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Let's go while we're young. Fields Classic Rock. It's 811 and Whitesnake with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, cloudy today with a high of 57. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 24 right now in downtown Springfield. Now, I uh, was talking about this East Hampton uh, thing going on here. And I'm just going to read you the story. Okay. Okay. A Massachusetts school superintendent candidate said that his job offer was rescinded after he addressed two women on the school committee as ladies, a greeting they deemed microaggression. Vito Perone was uh, offered the position as the head of the East Hampton schools on March 24th, but he said the opportunity vanished when he used a perceived uh, slight in an email to the chairperson and executive assistant. That's according to the Daily Hampshire Gazette. Perone was attempting to negotiate a salary when he realized the $151,000 over the three years was less than what he had been making as interim superintendent of West Springfield Public Schools. Perone then made requests over email for a more generous compensation package to Chairperson Cynthia Kowinski and Suzanne Colby, executive assistant to the committee, but the negotiation got off to a bad start when the women took issue with his salutation. The candidate reportedly claimed that Kozwinski, and I'm probably saying that wrong, but uh, eh, with all due respect, I guess, right? Um, she seems like a reasonable lady. <laughs> she seems like, yeah, she seems like a nice gal. Uh, told him that using the term ladies in the missive was hostile and derogatory and told him the fact he didn't know that as an educator was a problem, he said. Uh, I was shocked, uh, he told the local outlet. I grew up in a time when ladies and gentlemen was a sign of respect. I did not intend to insult anyone. 
This job was not about the money for me. I honestly felt like I was coming home to East Hampton. I coached football here. I was the principal here when we built the school. I have such wonderful memories. I was excited to be back in the district. Perone said he attended a fundraiser at the school on Thursday before negotiating with the committee in person. After a 45-minute recess, the school officials reportedly told him they had rescinded his offer. Kowinski, one of the purportedly offended women, told the paper she could not comment on the executive matter, which Perone said he found distasteful. I don't want people to think I was not willing to negotiate in good faith. I have chosen uh, not to just leave it as negotiations stalled because that's what they said. We won't talk about what we just talked about in the executive session. We'll just pass it off as the negotiations stalled. <laughs> so he wouldn't have, you know, yeah. this this thing against him where he addressed somebody as as ladies. Um I would rather share my truth, my sadness, and disappointment and try to find a way forward positively, he told the outlet. He had reached out to the Mass Association of School Superintendents, which reportedly told him there was no recourse since he hadn't penned a contract yet. Uh, Okay, but if I say we want to offer you this job, is that a verbal contract binding in Massachusetts? It's all on record. You did this at a meeting, mm-hmm. or they decided at a meeting. Right. Now, get he goes, honestly, I'm truly disappointed that I won't be in East Hampton in that building. I, I talked with, with uh, him yesterday, yesterday afternoon. Seems like a super nice guy. Seems like the you know personable guy, the kind of guy you'd probably want in a position like that, that can, you know, I've seen some superintendents around. Oh, my God. You telling me? Well, the one we had at, uh, at Gateway, he sounded like he was going to murder everybody when he called them for a snow day. Good morning, Gateway families. <laughs> We're going to be glancing. Yeah, you don't want to creep people out on a, on a uh, robocall. No, but, but, but he also, you know, seemed like very genuine about wanting to work in a school district that he was had been formerly a part of. Right. Um, it's. The other thing that I missed on the first time we talked about this, uh, when he initially was offered the job, when the school, you know, it was at the end of the school meeting. I don't, I don't know what day that was. I think it was March twenty fourth. The end of the school meeting, it was like eight thirty at night, and then he gets off the Zoom call because they hadn't made their decision yet. Well, sometime between you know eight thirty at night and I don't know ten o'clock by the time he gets the call, he fell asleep. He was asleep. So he doesn't get the message that he got this job. Right. So at 12, 15 a.m., he's got a West Hampton police officer knocking on his door, asking him if he's okay because this school committee did a well-being check on him <laughs> because he didn't answer right away when they told him he got the job. Yeah, how dare there, there be a potential what? superintendent who's taking a nap at night? You know, and I don't know what's going on you know, what the real story is here, because it seems to be less about them being offended by what he said and really an ulterior motive going, we actually wish we had picked this person, but they haven't done that. Right. They haven't done that yet. Possibly. They're going to be doing that tomorrow night of the thing. Now, the other the other component of this story is the mayor sits on the uh, the school committee. Yes. And she also she rescinded her vote too. She was the one that changed her vote and then said, you know, she was a lawyer, she had experience with this, you know, this wasn't going to fly. You know, this this kind of behavior wasn't going to fly. However, <laughs> last April, and this is my favorite yeah, part. Last April, she was accused and you know, it was proven that she did say this to to a child. 
and I and I really have to find the quote. Um, let's see, uh, La Chapelle uh, racist remark. I think you can probably goo that. Yeah, that's probably, probably pretty simple. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. Uh, yeah. So she, uh, there was, there was a kid at this, like we, the people meeting that it must be like this community uh, service group that they have there. And she said to this, this kid, you don't have a white voice. Now, um, she of course apologized for making that comment. She did. She had to go like talk to the kid and the right. kid's parents mm-hmm. and and you know like uh, explain uh, like that's not what I meant. Yeah, yeah. She just misspoke. But but she was not willing, nor were the other people on the school committee in yeah. East Hampton, to accept uh, uh, Vito Perone's apology for yeah you know, y- well y- for what he put in that email and for what it's worth uh miss uh what did i say her name was kowinski kowinski uh, kowinski yeah, yeah that that lady on the board uh <laughs> she was uh she she had said at the time that well we don't we don't tolerate that kind of talk racism right. and, and all this other stuff and we're gonna get to the bottom of this matter when she comes back from her she was out of the country la chapelle was so then, you know, that was the end of it. She re- issued the apology. You never heard anything about it again. She's still the mayor of East Hampton, and yeah. that was over a year ago. The uh, the phones are uh, are blowing up here. Uh, Rock 102, good morning. Who's this? Hello? All right. They've right, calling then. forever. Rock 102. <laughs> okay. Rock 102, good morning. Who's this? Yeah, hey, this is Steve. I just wanted to say, I, I think that guy was wrong in the way he addressed him. I, I think... Uh, Use two broads or a hey angel tip would have been better. <laughs> you know, well, I think that might have been a little problematic. That might have been too. a little over the top, but but I, I see what you're saying. Have a good day, guys. Yeah, 293-1021. <laughs> you want to chime in on the uh, the superintendent debacle over in East Hampton, uh, yeah, you can do so. It's kind of like I said. You know, the, when you when you read this story, and it's being shared all over the country right now, Fox News has got it, uh, the, Daily, the, the New York Post has got it. By the end of the day, everyone's going to be reporting on this. You know, this seems like such a benign thing to, res- to take back a job offer from, but the overreactions of of that, the overreactions of sending uh, a pull, the, the fire detail for a wellness check on this guy, the overreaction of the mayor makes you think these are the same people that are going to be in charge of making good, qualified decisions about your children's education yeah, right, in right. East Hampton? Yeah. Really? I don't think so. Uh, Rock 102, good morning. Who's this? Whatever happened to Mr. Green Jeans? Whatever. What I, well, I think uh, Mr. Green Jeans went away with uh, Captain Kangaroo back then. Oh, he never had. Um, did he have the um, that that penis implant or I, what was not the penis implant? Um, they, they said that he was had like some type of implant for the show to make himself look better. I have no hey, idea what, what you're talking about, hey, sir. What? I have no idea why that's relevant. So I moved on. You know, I. I, I... We shouldn't really trust the people that call in here and do that. I know that other guy really liked people yeah, calling I know, in. But, I, I uh, got it. Know. I got it. Oh, you... I have the quote from what she said. Okay. okay you yes. ready? The four-minute audio clip uh, where she was talking to this group of students, she said, you don't talk like a white person, and that's fine. But what you do have is your physical presence like, and, and is say, like, who the F cares so she not only swore in front of these uh, mm-hmm. kids, she also told the kid, you don't talk like a white person. 
See, I would find that to be a little bit more problematic than someone who addresses an email, yeah. uh, good afternoon, ladies. And then she added, I had a tough morning, I'm sorry, which was followed by some laughter. Oh, well, but yeah, but people forgave you for yeah. what you said. But they won't forgive this guy mm. for making what for most people would seem to be it wasn't not even, that much of a, of a it, mistake. And it wasn't even intentional. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like he was just address. And who the hell wouldn't like address somebody like ladies and gentlemen or la- whatever? I mean, it's just, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It yeah, it it it, it really is unbelievable. And and I don't even know if, if at this point if the guy if they if they offered to give him the job back, mm-hmm. whether he would want to work for that school committee under these under this situation. I don't know. I mean, he seemed like a genuine guy that wanted to be part of that community. But you're right. I don't know how you would go. Yeah, but that was before that. all of this happened. Right. You want to take, take yeah, a shot? Yeah, we more? can take one more. All right. Oh, oh, well, that was a, that was an empty one. Uh, Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? Jack Joy Jr. Okay. I think this, I, I think this whole thing is absurd. Mm-hmm. Absolutely absurd. You know, it's... What if somebody said, oh, my, you look so nice today. That's almost a, uh, something to get run out on a rail just for... Yeah, um, yeah you're absolutely right. The last thing anyone wants to hear is a compliment. Yeah, and, um, and the fact that... Uh, she scolded a young child. The woman's a racist. Well, I mean, uh, you know, that again, it's a perception of what, uh, you, you know, you're hearing out of this woman. My my point is, though, that, you know, everybody forgave her because she went about it the right way and by no one's, issuing an apology. And, and no one's willing to, 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 but, but to the, exonerate him. This man tried to issue an apology and nobody wanted to hear it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, thanks for the That's call. Right. We appreciate it. All right. Uh, Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, this is Dave. Um, you know, I'm just going to say quickly, uh, case of women wanting all their rights and children wrong, and then they want to get away with it. The guy's qualified. He sounds like a really good guy, and I don't know why they have something to get against him, but that, that's all I got to say. All right. Well, yeah. thank you very much. Okay. Right, that, that's, yeah, you take one more. All right, one not? more? Okay. Uh, rock. Well, maybe there's nobody there. Maybe we should just wrap it up. Rock 102, good morning, who's this? Hi, this is Noelle. What's up, Noelle? Hi, um, just hearing this really makes me never want to move to East Hampton <laughs> or live in that city <laughs> ever, if that's the mayor and that's his school. Um, yeah. But, you know, East Hampton is a great town. It, it, is, it really is. It is a great town. It, and and, it, and it's it's come back in a lot of ways with, you know, business and trying to have a nightlife and a cultural center and all that stuff. I get that, but to 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 be offended by any little thing is, is just Noel. Yeah, I don't know. It Steve's, little... Steve's right. Steve's right. Noel, yeah. I mean, you. I'm I'm going out on a limb here, but you seem like you may potentially be a woman. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So let me. So, no, no, so we got no. that. We got that established. Let me ask you this: What man gave you permission to call into this radio? Yeah. Station answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> An irresponsible one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Yeah. So let me ask, so let oh me let me ask you this: Under any circumstances, if somebody addressed you in a way that you did not necessarily feel comfortable with, but was not out, you know, obviously offensive, what would your reaction be? Would you? Would you? Would I you? Would, yeah, what, what would it be? I would confront them and um, 
you know, say I, I don't appreciate that. Yeah. And then, you know, see the re- based on their reaction, you know, that would that would let me know whether I want to talk to that person or don't want to talk to that person ever again. See, it wouldn't be like, you know, you dress me as a lady and that's somehow offensive. That's a very respectful way to address a woman. Noelle. To identify as a woman. I understand if maybe they had a different, you know, orientation or something, but he mm-hmm. would have known that because he met them in person. So, no. um, that's a very good answer. I an- don't get it. That's a very good answer, no- uh, Noelle. And you know what? Uh, I appreciate a broad like you calling in today and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and being, and being honest and upfront. <laughs> But yeah. I, but <laughs> what'd you call me? Yeah, yeah. What'd you have? A, I, I called sorry. you Noel. Are there sandwiches that you need to be making right now? Some breakfast for the you children. Me I don't know. Laundry. I heard that. Dishes stacking up in the sink. All right, All right. Don't judge me. All right. I don't hear any forks clinking in the background. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Oh, we appreciate it. Guys. All right. <laughs> it's uh, 826 <laughs> with Pax and Nagel on Rock 102. Everyone has a project they want to finish. Sometimes. It's uh, 829 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. I'm just uh, writing my list of all the band songs from East Hampton. <laughs> lady. Lady. Uh, ladies Night. Lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, it's ladies' night, and the feeling's right. Oh, yes, it's ladies' night. Oh, what a, oh, what a night. Oh, yes, it's Dave them night, and the feeling's right. <laughs> hey, everybody has a project that they want to finish. Sometimes it's a dream home improvement. Sometimes it's an absolute necessity. Rock 102 wants to help you get that project underway with Pick Your Project, brought to you by Dave Minor Exterior Home Improvements. You could win $3,000 in cash which you could use to update your kitchen with Kyle's Building Supply, designing your uh, dream closet with master custom closets, carpentry, repairs, or maintenance with Home Pro Handyman, or uh, the design, installation, and repair of vinyl, aluminum, chain link, and wood fences from A Signature Fence. You want to win? Today is the day it all starts. You can go to rock102.com and sign up. One winner chosen at random. It's Pick, pick Your Project, brought to you by Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements. Visit them at daveminerroofing.com and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. That's why the lady is a tramp. <laughs> and the lady is a mine. Yeah. This, is, uh, this is just wacky. We got news next to Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. A chilly start this morning, but with lots of sunshine, it'll get breezy this afternoon, but not as cold with highs in the middle and upper 50s. Just a few clouds mix in later on. Tonight will be mostly cloudy, overnight lows in the 40s. A few showers will be around. Then for tomorrow, some showers or light rain in the morning. Things will brighten up in the afternoon. Still can't roll out a spot shower. High temperatures tomorrow near 60. Then for Wednesday, cloudy skies, some scattered showers. It'll be damp and cooler with highs near 50. Much warmer on Thursday. Sun and clouds. Watch out for afternoon showers and a few thunderstorms. High temperatures near 70. With your Western Mass News First Alert forecast, I'm meteorologist Dan Brown. Hey, Duncan Reward members, every day, all month long, you can get a $3 medium cold brew, and you can use that $3 cold brew to get ahead. Like to fuel your annual household deep clean, or to bribe other people to do the annual household deep clean for you. What Duncan cold brew would would you order, and how would you use it to get ahead in your life? Not a member? Join on the app today and try the new Caramel Chocolate Cold Brew. Duncan Rewards. Save them, stack them, use them however you want. America runs on Duncan. Limit one per member per day. Additional charges and terms may apply. Participation may vary. It's a limited time offer. Signing up for a Massachusetts gun permit class has never been easier. Just go to PioneerValleyArms.com. Click 
sign up, and show up. It's that easy. Just go to PioneerValleyArms.com. And for all of your firearm needs, see them at 50 Shaker Road in East Long Meadow. Attention all homeowners, pros, and DIY enthusiasts. Spring is finally here. Time to start thinking about those home improvement projects you've been putting off. And here's great news. Home Outlet is having a huge sale. For three days only, April 13th through 15th, save 20% off store-wide on new kitchens, bathrooms, floors, windows, and doors. As a 100% employee-owned company, you can trust that you're getting the best local service on your project. Visit them in Chicopee or Springfield or shop for in-store pickup at homeoutlet.com. At the top of the mountain looking down. Awesome. Trails blanketed in white. Perfect. Nothing between you and the base but adrenaline. Let's do this. Well, and the stop you'll make halfway down to defog your glasses. Once again, you find yourself at the top of the mountain thinking, when am I going to call Dr. Balin? Balin I. I trust. I LASIK. I trust. Balin I. Wearing glasses is getting in the way of the things you love to do. Fogging up inside your ski goggles or flying off with every toboggan run? Make an appointment with Dr. Nancy Balin. With over 8,000 procedures and counting, Dr. Balin is by far the region's most experienced laser vision correction surgeon. Blade-free and customized to your eyes. What are you waiting for? Make an appointment with Dr. Balin. Balin Eye. I trust. I LASIK. I trust. Balin Eye. Special financing is available with approved credit. Call today, 800-436-EYES. Dr. Nancy Balin, the Balin Eye and Laser Center. Online at BalinEye.com. It's 834 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rum Hyundai. Get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Uh, the Holy Fire Department was sent to 555 Northampton Street for a motor vehicle accident yesterday. According to the department, one person was sent to the emergency room for their injuries. The gas and electric was there at the accident to repair some damage done to a pole. Drivers were asked to drive slow and avoid the area as work was being done on Sunday, but it's all done now. Okay. Uh, the driver of the vehicle that struck and killed two pedestrians in East Hampton is expected to be arraigned today. The driver of the vehicle involved, 64-year-old Stuart Larkin of South Hadley, is charged with two counts of negligent motor vehicle homicide and one count of speeding. On August 2nd, around 7.30 p.m., 81-year-old Edward Hanlon Jr. and 60-year-old Iona Murray were attempting to cross the street on Route 10 near the Burger King in East Hampton when they were struck by Larkin's vehicle. An investigation by the East Hampton Police and state police troopers concluded that Larkin should have seen the pedestrians in time to avoid uh, hitting them. Larkin is facing up to two and a half years in prison. Uh, a lead driver allegedly led police on a uh, chase on the Mass Pike in Charlton Sunday afternoon before running away and being arrested in a swamp. It was a beautiful day for a police chase. Um, yeah, you know, if you're going to get chased by the police, you want a nice warm 60 degree day, you know, nothing too cold, nothing too icy. Yeah. No. According to state police spokesperson David Procopio, at about 5.27 p.m., the Mass State Police received several calls from motorists reporting that a gold Cadillac was being driven erratically on the westbound side of the Mass Pike. The operator had allegedly caused multiple crashes on the Mass Pike and kept driving. Cruisers were sent to the area, and one of the patrols was able to locate the suspect vehicle at the 82.8-mile marker in Charlton. Oh, you know where that is. That's right before, right after 82.7. Right. You ever driven in a Cadillac? Of course I've driven in a Cadillac. I've been in a Cadillac lots of times. Hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. Thousands of times. Thousands of times. The uh, suspect refused to stop for the trooper and continued with the chase. The suspect caused another crash, and the trooper stopped to attend the, to the vehicle that had crashed. The suspect continued to flee westbound before crashing at the 80.2-mile marker. 
Uh, witnesses reported that the suspect, a male, fled on foot into the median. Troopers searched the area for the suspect, where a trooper ultimately located him behind a home in Sturbridge, on Sturbridge Road in Charlton, the suspect ran mm. away, and several troopers from the state police and other agencies uh, chased him on foot. Now, the 80.2 marker, if I'm not mistaken, that's somewhere between the 80.1 and the 80.3? Yes. How did you know that? Have you Just been a, there before? Of course I've been there before. Hundreds of times. Thousands, Thousands of times. times. Troopers and officers uh, found the suspect in a swamp off Simpson Road in Charlton and apprehended him. The suspect was taken by Sturbridge EMS to Harrington Hospital with complaints of injuries. They chased after me and I got injured. When I, I, got rolled, I got injured when I rolled out of my own car because <laughs> I was escaping the police. Officer, will you kiss and make it better? Uh, troopers found evidence of narcotics and alcohol usage in the suspect's vehicle. The suspect's vehicle was found and towed to a state police facility. Specific charges in his name, age, and hometown have not been released at this time. Only the mile markers. Well, 80.2 is pretty specific. Well, I was going to say, we don't want to give any identifying information or any kind of details, but he was apprehended at 80.2 mile marker on the Massachusetts Turnpike. We don't want to say exactly where he was at we just we are willing to give you a ballpark we'll give you 5 27 p.m mile marker 80.2 but we can't tell you his name it's kind of like uh (laughs) when uh when uh ted and elaine were on the beach in airplane yes where he's giving you know she's like i gotta he goes i gotta go out tomorrow i gotta fly out tomorrow and he and he gives the whole battle plan of what they're going to do to the enemy. Right. And then she says, uh, when do you leave? Oh, I can't tell you that. That's classified information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does seem a little silly. Maybe it? a little bit. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have, I'm, I'm going to continue doing this story because I like talking about it. Well, this may be the last time you get a chance to talk about it until tomorrow. Yes, the offer to the final candidate of the superintendent of East Hampton Public Schools was rescinded on Thursday. Candidate Vito Perone told Western Mass News they voted to rescind the offer in an executive session. The reason behind it? Allegedly a perceived microaggression in an email he sent to school committee members. Uh, Vito Perone was left in shock Thursday after his offer to become the East Hampton uh, district superintendent was rescinded he said that he was notified by the chairperson of the school committee that his offer would be taken away due to an email he sent to the school committee chairperson and executive assistant to the committee uh western mass news obtained a copy of that email that lists negotiations including more vacation time he explained the main focus was him addressing the school committee as quote ladies at the beginning of his email she explained to me they were insulted by the address or the address. And I said, uh, well, I grew up in a time in the 60s and 70s when the ladies and gentlemen was a term of respect. That's how I intended it. I didn't mean to insult you and was basically told by my apology didn't mean anything. And they just were going to rescind the offer. You know, uh, when I hear the word microaggression, you know what I think about? What? I think about something that's aggressive, but very, very small. I thought that was the condition that guy had that talked really fast on the micro machines commercials. You remember that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I don't think that was a microaggression. That's microaggressive. It, it's aggressive, but it's a, but a microaggression to me sounds like something that you could only see under a microscope. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like so small that it cannot be seen by uh, by the the naked eye. Well, I read the definition of what microaggression was. Yeah, and it was a a, a phrase or a condition i guess if you will right coined in the 1970s by a harvard professor 
who at the time was using it in the proper context. It's microaggressive. It, it was like using things to, you know, assume somebody of a different race yeah. uh, likes something. Like, mm-hmm. You know, one of the, one of the things, one of the examples that was showing in there was like asking an African American person, "Well, you're African American. You like fried chicken, right?" That's the that's the kind of yeah. Well, thing. that's that's but that's more than a microaggression. That's, that's just flat out racist. It is, but but it's also part of. It, it, the, the, it was used to describe things like that right. in succession. It's not just like this one-off thing. It's like a, it's a, it's a successive, All right, let's consistent go. thing that you would have to continually do to somebody. Think of it this way: Let's say that, <clears throat> and I'm going on a limb here. I don't know. I'm just it it just for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that uh, while we talk about microaggression. That you talk about having a micro penis, okay? Oh, God. Now it could offend, but not likely to hurt. No, anybody. No, it's not likely to cause a lot of "quote unquote" damage. But yet, you could probably get through your life without having to deal with it at all. In fact, as micro as my penis might be, it's my it it pushes the macro aggression out. Yeah, sure. I understand that. Yeah. And a macroaggression, I think I could probably identify as actual aggression. Yeah. A microaggression, I might be able to overlook because I might not perceive it as an aggressive act. In this case of the email, uh, you know, addressing them as ladies is not was not meant with any malice no. behind it. It was just what would normally be considered to be a formal address. That's it. No problem. No micro penises were were uh, were uh, were involved. You're assuming they wear dresses Ad- now? Addressed, as in, like, oh, I address you by saying... I can't talk to you anymore. I'm sorry. I have to leave. <laughs> I have to get up out of this room. Good. We'll you take can... you and your micro penis out of here. <laughs> you take you and your and your tiny little pee-pee and get out of here, you little microaggressive bastard. <laughs> your Pioneer Valley <laughs> forecast today... <laughs> It's going to be uh, sun early, then cloudy uh, later on today. A chance of a shower, high of 56. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 67. That's 33 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and I got a really tiny penis, and I really got to get out of here. And that's the news I'm going to do. I- Springtime in New England, where many spring clean, but not a... Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 849 and Guns N' Roses with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be uh, sunny to start, then cloudy later on this afternoon. Chance of a shower and a high of 57 tomorrow. Uh, sunny with a high of 66. Looking at uh, Flavin in downtown Springfield right now. Yeah, I don't think uh, you're going to get this into uh, Hollywood trash this morning, but uh, yesterday, uh, Seymour Stein, the guy that co-founded Sire Records, former vice president of Warner Brother Records, mm-hmm. uh, died at the age of 80. This is a guy, and get a load of this, this is a guy who signed the Ramones, the Talking Heads, the Pretenders, Madonna, uh, the Smiths, the Cure, Ice-T, uh, just a, an enormous roster of, of, uh, of, of artists that this guy had signed during his, his career, almost signed Jimi Hendrix. But then he saw Jimi Hendrix smash his guitar and argue with uh, somebody in his, in his in his crew, and decided not to sign him. Probably the one thing he regretted. But uh, an amazing career. He's a rock and roll hall of famer. Seymour Stein dying yesterday at the age of eighty. 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 Hey, he lived a good long life. Damn right, didn't he? Got a lot done in eighty years. Oh, that's uh, you to sign all those uh, famous people. 
I'm waiting to do something important that people got to remember too, and I, I I'm going to have to step up my game if I'm going to make uh, sure I've got any legacy whatsoever. No legacy, <laughs> not that I can, not that I can see from here. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at these uh, songs right now. Twenty politically incorrect songs that would be wildly controversial today. You know, we're talking about uh, how uh, times change, and you know, uh, somebody was offended by the fact that they were referred to as ladies right. in an email in uh, East Hampton. These uh, are songs with major, uh, major or minor, minor aggressions. Yeah, okay. uh, here's one: "Kung Fu Fighting" by Carl Douglas, 1974. Yeah, that one didn't age as well as I thought uh, it would. Uh, the choice lyric that they're taking to task is there was funky Billy Chin and little Sammy Chung. He said, here comes the big boss. Let's get it on. All right. That could be seen as uh, insensitive. And, sure. and they go on to explain why these things are, you know, insensitive, but I'll just, I'll just give you, I, I, I think we can all understand that. Uh, Brown sugar by the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of knew that for years. Like for years, it was a be- gold coast slave ship bound for cotton fields, sold in the market down in new Orleans. You know, it was about slavery yes. and, you know, uh, sex and slavery. I and here I was I thinking know. it was about uh, sugar being brown and right. sweet and delicious. Under my thumb by the stones. Mm-hmm. Under my thumb, the squirming dog who's just had her day. Under my thumb, a girl who has just changed her ways. Uh, another uh, disgusting entry in the song, in the Rolling Stones songbook, mm-hmm. if you will. The song about a woman who's been molded to talk when she's spoken to is an embarrassment even for asking. That's why they perceive that. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a modern song. I'm not going to put that one in there. Uh, let's see. Do They Know It's Christmas by the Band-Aid Choir. That, really? Yeah, the choice lyric is, uh, and there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. The greatest gift they'll get this year is life, where nothing ever grows, no rain or rivers flow. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Th- that's... It wouldn't fly today, possibly the most culturally insensitive Christmas song of all time. The Band-Aid supergroup may have raised money to alleviate an Ethiopian, fam- Ethiopian famine with the proceeds from Do They Know It's Christmas, but they did it with a song that declares the entire continent of Africa... Uh, is a bereft of water, trees, or joy. Well, I'm sure that's not true. That's not entirely true. I'm sure there's some lovely vegetative areas. Jungles yeah. are pretty uh, full of uh, plants and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's all that offensive. Uh, if it, listen, if someone's giving me food because I'm and when I'm starving, yeah. you can say whatever the hell you want. Yeah, that's true. I'll take whatever you got <laughs> going on there. Bob Geldof is coming to my house with, uh, with some DoorDash. I'm not going to argue. Bob Geldof being your DoorDash driver? Well, it's been a while since he's had uh, an album out. So, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Turning Japanese by The Vapors. I can see that. We don't even need to explain why that thing. Island Girl by Elton John. Island Girl, what are you wanting with the white man's world? Island Girl, black boy wants you in his island world. Damn you, Bernie Taupin, putting those filthy words into my mouth. Uh, Ebony and Ivory by Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. Now, how is that song of togetherness and uh, breaking down racial barriers offensive? Ebony and Ivory live together in perfect harmony, side by side on my, I always want to say piano, keyboard, oh Lord, why don't we? And why it wouldn't fly today, McCartney and Wonder meant well with their hyper-literal interpretation of race relations, but their message of people are the same, there is good and bad in everyone, so let's just get along, would be interpreted as hilariously naive by the more woke factions of today's cultural discourse. Uh, 
I'm not even going to get to the title of that one because that's one. It's a Nirvana song. Oh, yeah. And I, I, but it, but it's like, uh, yeah, it was controversial when it came out. I don't know why it's not controversial now. I think I know which one you're talking about. And, uh, yeah, no, I can see where that would yeah. be a problem. Tonight's the Night by Rod Stewart. Listen, there's all kinds of reasons to hate that song. Don't say a word, my virgin child. Just let your inhibitions run wild. This goes back to that time we were talking about the creepy song lyrics about underage women mm-hmm. that uh, like Benny Mardonez uh, yeah. flew into the night for. And just uh, like uh, like a two or three years before then, there he was uh, dating Maggie May. She was an older woman. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a problem with uh, with uh, separating the ages. Kissing Cousins by Elvis Presley. What could possibly be misinterpreted by that? Well, I've got a gal. She's as cute as can be. She's a distant cousin, but she's not too distant with me. <sighs> I don't know. I've seen some of these rallies on TV lately. I think that thing still flies today. <laughs> don't we have a giveaway or yeah, something? Yeah, we do. Uh, we talked about this last week. Stephen Michael Cazada from uh, Breaking Bad is coming to the Agawam Cinemas. He's doing a great comedy show. Of course, uh, it's Gomi from uh, from Breaking Bad. Uh, Hank's a DEA uh, uh, co- co-worker. Two shows, April 15th, 7 and 9 o'clock. Uh, your chance to win tickets uh, right now, 293-1021, 10th caller, uh, wins the tickets. You can also buy them at livecomedy.ticketleap.com. you got to be over 21 in order to go. It's 8.56 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Two great tastes that taste great together. Chocolate and peanut butter. Nice. Burger and fries. Of course. Liver and onions. Ah, uh, yes. Bacon and brews. That's the ticket. And your ticket to Bacon and